Okay. So we're going to talk about the book of Jonah uh, these this next three weeks. And um, I know um, this is one of those books that are so obvious. We've read this book since we were kids. We know this story. There's a lot of things that we know <laughs> about this. So, so there's one thing that I want you guys to help me out in doing so we can understand this book or what we're trying to say. So we're going to go... But I want you to live in the moment, basically. Don't expect what's happening next. Don't think of uh, what's happened, like what, what the plot is like as we heard the story. But let's connect and, and move into the story like if we were part of it. So, so I'll, I'll uh, ask you to, let's go back in time, basically, to like 760 BC, kind of around that time. And um, Israel is having a horrible time. It's going through a lot of things. It's going through uh, division. It's going through a lot of, uh, they're separated from God. They don't love God. And, and they're going away from their faith. And they're following other gods. So there's a lot of things happening in this time. There's one thing that we know that during those times, there were three prophets. There was Amos, Hosea, and Jonah. But as we have read those books, Amos was pretty busy. During that time, he was dealing with all the neighbors of Israel. He was dealing like all these people who were fighting against, uh, who were against uh, Israel. And even Israel, he was prophesying against Israel how they had gone uh, away from the Lord and how everything was going, they were doing wrong. And Hosea, poor guy, he was dealing with some marriage issues. He was going through some tough times in his family. You know, he, he wasn't having a good time. So, so God was like, I'm going to use no Jonah during this time, during this moment. So he called Jonah. And he said, and, and, and then we go to the first verse. And said, now the word of uh, the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and now and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid his fare went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. There's a couple things here. Let's, let's be honest. If we're completely honest, we always judge Noah for what he's doing. But it's not. If we see what's actually happening, you know, um, Nineveh, it's, it was a, they were the mere enemies of Israel. They hated each other. They were not like good people. They were known, like as, as we saw, there were things happening around the whole uh, Israel. And even Israel was in, bad moment, in a bad moment with God. And God and, and the prophet, uh, they, were, they were prophesying against Israel for what was going to happen. But they were not even close to what Nineveh was doing. 
Nineveh, God was out, like, he was tired of it. He was gone. He was done with it. He was like, you know, I'm going to destroy these guys. These are the worst. Besides, everybody's doing bad, but these guys are even worse. So if we put in the shoes of Noah, let's say he's not, the request that God is doing is, is, is something that's so out of. And it, neither of us will, be, will do differently. We always judge Noah, oh, he hated these people. He hated those people. But it's not the same thing as it was to us. If they told us, for like now, go to North Korea and tell them that they'll be destroyed in 40 days, it will be something, if you love your life, if you're wise, if you're a smart person, you'll definitely be like, no. <laughs> or be sure that's not what God is telling me. Somebody else is doing that. So, so if, you're, if, if, if we are completely honest, Jonah was, was just a human, as human as us. He was a man, and he made bad choices. He, he hated these people. But, and I think the message wasn't that bad. Jonah was okay with the message. Jonah was okay. It will be destroyed in 40 days, so that's great. But I don't want to be the one to be telling the news. So he was trying to avoid the risk. So it was great for that. So now, if we see it, when I, when I, when I, one of the questions that comes out to me about this part of the book is, why did he leave? Nobody else heard about what he, was, he had to do. He just had to, I mean, if it was me, I would just stay home and pretend that nobody told me nothing, right? Why did I have to run away? Why did I have to go out? You know, I'll just stay home, pretend that God never told me anything. Just stay at home, and that'll be, that'll be okay. If he wants to send somebody else, just send somebody else. But he did know what was going on. So what he was trying to avoid, he actually wanted to run away from God. So he didn't just go somewhere and, and, and just that. So he went to Tarsh. So he went to Chopa to this uh, port, and then he traveled to to the uh, to the next light. <laughs> so this is where the map looks like. So he had to go to Nineveh, but he went all the way out. <laughs> so it was a big difference from 550 miles to 2,500. So he really was trying to run away. So he wasn't just trying to take a little trip out. So it, it is important to see that we are, that that's how, how much he was trying. But why? Why was he going that far? I mean, it, it, we saw a little bit on Ezekiel about that when, uh, when, they, uh, when Ezekiel was surprised about the presence of God being in, in uh in Babylon, because it was like, the presence of God is not here. So he thought that he will go to somewhere around in Spain. God was not going to be there. So he was right. He was he was relaxed. He was he was just thinking, okay, I'm just going to run away, and just nothing is going to happen to me. So that's how far it went. When I think about this, he wasn't expecting anything to happen. And that's one of the tendencies that we have as humans. 
that we always try to run away from what we have to do. And just a little bit off means it, when you put it in the scale of, the, of God, it's always going to be way far. I remember one time when I was working with my dad at the beginning when I was doing construction, he told me to put a 20-foot a post on a deck. And he helped me lift it. He helped me put it up. But then when, I put it, when we put it up, he said, just level it and nail it, and then we go. That's perfect. So he, he helped me put it in. And I, the big, there was a big level, there was a post level that we use for a big post that's like 20 feet. And then I had in my backpack a little torpedo label. So I was kind of lazy to go all the way to the tools and find a big level. And I was just, I'm just gonna use the little level. So I used that little like torpedo label level to to measure, and it was perfect. It was like right in the middle. The bubble was right, right over there. I nailed the, the post, and I left. Next time, next day, when I showed up, everything collapsed. And I saw the post. I had nailed perfectly. And then when my dad saw it, he was like, come here. Just come from afar. And I saw it, and it was the Tower of Giza. It was like this. <laughs> because I had measured with the level the torpedo label level, and it was so small that it could it didn't help much. And I put the torpedo label level next to it, and it was perfectly in the middle. So it was perfectly level. But then when I put the big level, it's like four inches off. So that's sometimes what we do. Sometimes we try to go straight into the path, but us we don't have a perfect vision of the future. We don't have a perfect vision of what God wants for us. So we try to measure life with a, with a torpedo label, level when God is, is actually giving us the path to go through. So this is what happened to us. And there's a study in, 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 uh, in, uh, in when they, that was looking from NASA, that when they, uh, they try to shoot the moon, if you, if you aim for the middle of the moon, but your, 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 the thing you're shooting is off for by one centimeter, you'll hit three miles off from the moon. And that's how much we are. So when we see things in eternity, it's similar. We act like that. We try to do things that are great, but there's always, we're always off by a little bit. That's our sin nature. It's always off from God. So that's why we need God in all of us. So, and in the next verse, it says, But the Lord heard a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to, their, to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for it. But Noah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. Again, we always hear about these things and we're like, why was he sleeping? But if we're honest, 
Noah, uh, Jonah didn't know what was happening. Jonah wasn't expecting a tempest. He wasn't expecting God to be angry or to, to call him back. He was just chilling. He, wasn't even, he didn't even know what was going to happen. So in his right mind, as anybody else, we could be okay. And everybody could just be okay with like, Okay, he was he wasn't he wasn't guilty at this moment. He was he was just doing his thing. He was running away, but he didn't know what was happening. So his uh, so his actions at this moment was wasn't bad. And the thing about this is that sometimes we're scared when we're trying to run away from God, from His presence. We think everything will be okay. But we're not alone. Since if we see from the beginning of story, from the beginning of, uh, uh, and since the Garden of Eden, when uh, when Adam and Eve were had uh, eaten the forbidden fruit, the first thing they did they they were hiding from the presence of God, and that's part of us. That's what we do when when we sin, when we do something wrong. All we do is hide, and we think everything will be okay. There's a little story that I heard one time. It was about a, a lady who's uh, sweeping the floor from a church. And then she was kind of lazy to put the dust, um, get the dustman and put it up. And then she said, oh, well, um, I'm just going to hide it under this carpet. So she put the, the dust and then she put it in under the carpet. And then there was a voice that showed out to her and she said, it's like, I saw what you did. I saw what you did, and she was so scared. She was like, oh, really? Who's that? I'm God. And she said, oh, thank God. I thought it was the pastor. So sometimes they, uh, we're scared more of what our people are going to think or what people are going to say. So that's, and that's Jonah. He was more afraid of what the people were going to do to him in Nineveh than what God was going to do with him. I know we all know that God is merciful in all this, but sometimes when we see, and we have that tendency, and we always have that tendency of, and it's natural from us to behave better when people are around, behave better when we're at church, when we're there. But if they actually see us completely where, where nobody else is looking, how our mind works, we, we can see a lot of things that can be worth. If you guys... Uh, if you guys have seen John driving sometimes. <laughs> so I could imagine driving for 30 hours. It's, so, there, so, so that's when we become people that, that we might think. We need grace. We need uh, the love of God. We need uh, to be uh, uh, in, in the kingdom of the Lord and, and, and be covered by his grace. So that's when, and this is when everything odd starts. Like, like I said at the beginning, this is a weird story. This is a story that makes uh, no sense because everything is upside down. What you would expect to happen, it doesn't happen. What you expect that uh, uh, would happen in a certain way, it doesn't happen like that. So everything is upside down, and it's like a satire. Everything works against. If we see it from the beginning, the, the man of God doesn't want to obey the word of the, 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 the commandment of God. If you see, there's, uh, uh, you will see in, in the, the whole story, there's like, there's, 
a fish that's obedient. There's a, there's the storm, the wind, the uh, the seas obedient. There's guys who are repenting, uh, mariners who might be like pirates who are re- who are actually uh, listening and open to faith. You'll see a a king that's evil. He will he's uh, willing to to put everybody under God, and all these things that happen. But everything goes against the prophet, and he's all leading to how we about uh, how we are as uh, people of God and still not willing to, to love in, in, in the way that God can love us through his son. So, so th- then if we go to the next verse. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we might not perish. This to me, and I guess it sounds like the best way of Jonah to, to preach, the best way to preach is like, hey, come on down. Remember when Jesus was in the, in the storm and he woke up, they woke him up. He was like, you know, relax. Man of little faith, come on, let, let's just stop the storm. You know what's happening. But he didn't. So this is what's happening with him. So we go to the next verse. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots, and we have made known on whose account this evil has come up on us. So they, so they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us to whose account this evil has come up on us. And this is your, what is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and what do people and what, uh, what, of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. If you want to see somebody that's arrogant, there it is. They asked him five questions. He didn't answer any of them. He just bragged about his faith. He bragged about his God. And he, all he did was just, just to put him every, everybody under him. Be like, okay, you know, I am, I am the good one here. You know, there's, there's something in, in Jonah in here that we are usually, um, we don't see in this part. And this is the worst part, the worst side of Jonah that I can see. There's people are afraid, they're trying to open to faith, but then he doesn't do anything about it. He just, he's just arrogant, he's, uh, he's, he has a big ego, he's bragging, and he's not adding anything good to this situation. He's like, let's, uh, if, you, if you see there, they are wanting to know more about him. Because he, then he said he had told them that, that he was running away from the Lord. So they knew what was happening. But the worst part is this. If we go to the next verse. Then the men were exceedingly afraid to say, and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told him. I... 
when I was reading all this and I was uh, trying to find uh, the meaning of this, um, there was something that actually uh, sparked deeply in my heart that I, that I thought, this is the worst way of preaching. <laughs> this is the worst situation because there, he's showing one of the worst sides of God. He's not showing the mercy of the Lord. What he's showing here is what other gods would be doing. What have you done to make all this fear? He didn't tell me God wanted to save some people and I just, I, I didn't want to be part of it. He told them that God was, he was running away from God, but he's putting God as the bad guy in here. Like God, uh, God is punishing him because he just didn't want to please him, but he didn't tell him the reason why he wanted to, why he wanted to be pleased. Because he wanted to have mercy on the people of Nineveh. So God was trying to do everything. God was trying to save these people. But this guy was just in there, just like actually putting everything like on God's side. Jonah knew that he would, he would forgive the people. That he would, but he didn't want to do it. So, so he's showing the God's wrath. He's showing uh, God's uh, power of you know, destruction, but he's not showing God's mercy in any of this situation. And then, then verse 11 says, Then they said to him, What should we do to you that the sea might quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. So they didn't want to do nothing with God. They didn't want to do nothing with God. And that's in the, in the, in the answer is even worse because he said, he said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come up upon you. And this sounds like a great idea. But he's actually, instead of saying, okay, let's, you know, it's my fault. I should have done what God said. I should have done what God, what God asked me to do. So I'll just pray and ask for forgiveness to the Lord. But no, he was willing to die instead of obeying the word of God. He was willing to suicide, basically, instead of obeying what the Lord was doing. And he could have, he had the time probably to tell them, you know, God was, had a plan, and this is what was happening, and this is why I'm running away. And then it, it, it comes and comes even worse. So the guys, in the, in, the, in, the, in the verse 13, it says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they couldn't. For the sea had grew more and more tempestuous against them. So... You see, guys, the, the men of God not willing, but you see a God, the, 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 the sailors actually being more loving, more caring, even though the guy who, who had troubled them was in them. They were still trying to save the same guy. They were still trying to, like, they didn't want to throw him out. They were like, you know, it's, it, you know it was your fault. You made us lose all these things, but it's okay. 
we, we want to take you to dry land. We want to we want to make sure you're good. And they were acting more like the good Samaritan instead, like than the prophet of God, which is horrible, you know. And verse 14, he says, "Therefore they call out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay and lay not unto us uh, innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you." I don't know if this prayer sounds familiar to you. But it sounds uh, like a prayer that I actually, an actual person, uh, actually man of God would say. If we heard uh, the, the word like, when, when, like, have done as it please you, like, let, let not, not perish for this man's life, and all these things, it, it's actually, um, uh, falling in, into God's uh, will and not them. You know, it's, it's asking for forgiveness. It's, it's praying for the mercy of God. But they, and they didn't even know God. So they threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from his raging. Then the, mayor fe the man feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. So, when uh, before we we get to the last verse, I wanna want us to think: Why did God just choose to let Jonah go into the ship? If he was gonna take him back, anyways, why did he let him go? I mean, he said that he paid for for the fare to go to Tarshish. I mean, make him lose his wallet or something instead of going could it be a, a good idea but I can see a lot you know this guy just trying to run away and God is using this situation this bad choice from this guy to actually save these people these sailors you see to bring to faith to this guy so sometimes even this, even people like this doing wrong doing doing the, the things that they shouldn't be doing it's, it's saving the guy. It's, it's saving the people who are. So I, I think all this story, all this first verse was based on God's mercy for the sailors. Not just to think about Noah and just to make, or, or make him uh, the big part of the story. I think the main character acting in here is God and the sailors who are giving, uh, who, are, who, are, who, are, who are being saved. You know, God could have stopped him from doing all these things, but he didn't. So he let him do all these things because he wanted to save these guys. You know, they have families. You know, sometimes we wake up in the morning. We don't know where we're going. And some things happen randomly. We don't realize why things happen. Why we meet people that we meet. Why we go to places and why we take turns that we don't have to be turning. And then eventually we meet people, and then we're like, okay, this, this guy's. And sometimes those strips that are off our path are actually God's moving us to, 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 to save people, to, to, to preach him about them. Sometimes we miss the, the, the chances. But every time there's an opportunity, every moment there's an opportunity. We see it all through the gospel of Jesus. When Jesus was going somewhere, he used to go 
uh, off the path sometimes and just to save some people. And that's the way that God is working sometimes. He's just moving us in different places. And everywhere we go, there's somebody to be preached. And verse 17, it says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And as I said before, you see a, uh, the sea, that's obedient. You see, uh, you know, the storm, even a big fish that's, you know, just obeying. Just be at this place at this moment during this tempest, waiting on the storm, the fish, just, in, just to swallow this guy. And have him for three days. Don't, don't eat it completely. Don't, don't chew on him. Just hold him for three days. And everybody's obedient. But the man of God is not. And that's what happens. As we see, and all this shows us how Jesus is the perfect Jonah. How Jesus came, uh, was, you know, he wasn't sent to, to uh, supposedly... Uh, you know, we don't know what's going to just go preach, and, and, and that was not the order. Jesus knew what was happening since he was, before he was born. He was like, you're going to go, and you're going to get killed. You're going to get murdered by these men, and you're going to love them. And he did. He didn't question, you know, what would have happened if Jesus would have gone to Jupiter instead of Earth. He did it. He went exactly to the place that he he was completely obedient to where he was going. He was coming for us. He was coming for you, for me, for each of us. He didn't come. He wasn't nagging. He wasn't arguing. He didn't question. Every single moment that he did was because of love. And he was moved by love. And we were even worse. If you see in this in this story sometimes we compare ourselves to Jonah but we're not Jonah we're actually Nineveh you and I were part of Nineveh and we're meant to be destroyed because we deserve to be destroyed but we're not because God chose not to through his son he sent him just to love us and to be with us and to give all he had giving his entire life to become one of us and die like we all deserve, but we didn't because he loved us too much. So as we see the book of Jonah in this first chapter, I want you to connect with how merciful God has been to us. How many times have we uh, go against God's will? How many times we have offended him? How many times we have done it? Yet still, he's always there for us. He's loving us. He's giving us the health, the care. He's giving us a family. He's giving us time to commune. And all these things he does because he loves us. And sometimes when we're trying, and the best part of it is that even though we're measuring everything with a torpedo label, level, he's always there. He's loving us. He's making everything sack, everything. All he does, and then our biggest hope is that when we get to heaven, he'll be, you know, you try it. You know, I did it all, but you tried your best. You know, there's, uh, it's funny when uh, 
when I see uh, lately we were building some uh, bikes. I was building some bikes, and Melanie and Caleb, they're trying to help me out. They were like, I want to help you. And I was like, yes, I'll come help me. And, you know, they were making a mess. They were losing all the, all the screws, losing everything. But they were happy to help me. But there was a moment where I was like, you know what? Yes, you help me too much. You must be tired. You just go. Sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes God does that with us. We're like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to do all this. I'm trying to do all this. And God is like, you know what? I've done it all already. But, you know, you're not helping much. But I'm, I, I just want you to be part of it, to, to feel like you're being part of this kingdom, that he had already done it all. All we have to do is praise him and love him all the time. And um, I just want to finish with a prayer for tonight. Uh, 